Glad to be here. Say amen. Man, I'll tell you what, I was thinking for a while, I'd rather be here when I was out when all that storm came through at the house. Well, I'll tell you what, if they're going to be war and drop a bomb on us, this is where I'm coming, amen. I'm heading to the basement. Greg's already said it's a good place to be and wonderful to be having the privilege that we do to be in the house of the Lord. And let, let me brag on y'all and rejoice a little bit too. It's good to be a part of a church that still has Sunday night and Wednesday night service. Say amen. Thank God for you people that love the Lord in old-fashioned ways. And I tell people we're old-fashioned Christians. That's all we are. We just, we're just old-fashioned. Tonight's a special night in a lot of ways. Brother Jeff Bishop's going to share some wonderful news. I believe it'll excite you and, and cause you to rejoice. And uh, looking forward to that. So I'll, I'll stop about 15 till. Josh and his class is coming up. Uh, at that time, Facebook is going to be stop so it's going to be a private matter for us next week's revival and miss phyllis and roy and miss blanche and whoever else helps them do sort of things that they do to make our bulletins available she has put forth a special little package i think it's just a wonderful idea it's a 2024 spring revival march 4 through 8 and what it is it gives you just opportunities to make all kinds of notes when the preachers preach. Isn't that wonderful? I thought that was a great idea. They'll be available. Either the ushers will give them to you Sunday, or they'll be out where our bulletins normally are, right there between the two doors coming in and coming out. Tonight's going to be, as far as I know, the last night that I deal with the first war, what I believe to be the first war of Gog and Magog, out of the book of Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. And we're going, to, we're going to move on. What we're going to do in, in the next couple of weeks, we're going, to look at, we're going to look at the period of transition between the tribulation and the beginning of the millennial. And we're going to focus probably as much on anything as how it's populated. Who's going there? Who's not? Why? What's God's criteria according to what we can figure out in the Word of God? Now, I'm going to make a confession. When I left this pulpit last Wednesday, I thought, man... I just fell all over the place. Just I didn't communicate plainly, and I rarely communicate plainly enough to satisfy me, okay? But I thought, boy, I, I just I did a terrible job. Well, I'm glad to report I listened to myself, and it wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> I mean, it still wasn't as good as I wish it was, but it wasn't. Here's the deal. It wasn't, it wasn't confusing. And what I'm not going to do tonight, I am not going to try to set forth a timeline in that 10-day period of time that we find right here in this passage of Scripture, beginning in verse 23. Now, I'm going to talk pretty quick tonight, a little quicker than I have been. Are y'all glad I've slowed down a whole lot? Say amen, I hope. I've had to work really hard at that. But I want us to go and look at some different Scriptures to help us out with what's going to happen and how this is happening. But he said here in the book of Leviticus 23, beginning with verse 23, he introduces to us the first of the last three yearly feasts. Now, I've, I've learned this week a new way to make reference to the first four and the last three. The first four, listen to this, how brilliant. The spring feasts. The last three, the fall feasts. Yeah, well, now that's helpful, is it not? To me, it was. There was about a three-month period of time or four, whatever it is, that separates it, that speaks of the church uh, period here. So he says in verse 23, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 
Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation. Let's stop right here. Let's look at a couple of things. Let me say some things. How many of you all know that the Feast of the Trumpet that happens on the first day of the seventh month, which is the head of the years, it's a new beginning. How many of you all know that Israel puts two days together and call it one long day? How many of you all knew that? One of you did, two of you did, Debbie did, three, four, five. How wonderful. Six. I mean, that's pretty special. That's, okay, well, I'm glad you, see, I'm glad you remember, all right? That's my job to tell and yours is to remember. So thank you, my brother. That makes my day more than you think. Leviticus. Yeah, thank you. Leviticus 23. Um, where was I at? No, that's okay. But anyway, they put two days together, and the reason they do, they don't want to miss the new moon. Now, before, you know, all of the ad- advantages of modern technology they had, they used to have watchers to watch for the first appearance, the first breaking of that, of that new moon, and they didn't want to miss it. Now, the thing about that is, it's, a, it, it's related to trumpets. And I want to tell you all what, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Now, I'm telling you, it's wore me out. I mean, it's wore, you, you know, I read about people this week trying to prepare, like I say, check myself. I tell you all things and I go home and read myself out. I've already studied for hours, and I go home and dig myself out. I read this week where people believe that the seal, the, 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 the seals of Revelation chapter 6 and on over into chapter 7, they're, they're not a part of the tribulation. Now, that's what people say. I didn't say that. They are a part of the tribulation. Everybody heard me say that, say amen. That's what I'm saying. Man, listen, they'll, they'll have my head swimming. I mean, Really? So as I look at this, people said the Feast of the Trumpets is not related to the rapture of the church. Hey, everybody look up here. Everybody listen to me right now say amen. Listen to your pastor, it is. All right, it is. Go with me really quick, look at Numbers chapter 10, and let's look at verse 1 and 2. I've told you what I believe uh, the, the trumpets referred to. Uh, and uh, I'm not changing because this, this, is, <laughs> this is where it, it comes from. And look, look, now in this passage, you'll see if you read it all from verse 1 down to about verse 10, the three different things that trumpets are used for the nation of Israel, among other things. Remember, I told you early on that I like, I like the emperor's trumpet that was called the classicum in Greek, in Greek um, life. And the classicum has to do with the, uh, the, the, the emperor's trumpet, meaning that it's blown when the king is there. See, I like that. I, I just, that just does me good. But I'm going to read two verses. Number one and two. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets. Now remember these feasts have to do with the nation of Israel, but they're also prophetic, dealing with Jesus and what he did to bring us redemption. If you understand that, say Amen. So they have a practical and a prophetical uh, part of them. Y'all have heard me say that a ton of times. I'd not repeat it because I don't have anything else to say. I'm reading because it's important to say. And Jesus fulfilled them through all the things that he did and will do. So two trumpets. But listen to what 
God told Moses to tell the children of Israel they're used for. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them. He said, wait just a minute, and make two trumpets of silver of a whole piece shalt thou make them. What's silver having to do with in, in typology? Silver refers to what? Not value, but they are valuable. Redemption. Redemption. Silver is the price of redemption. They, they paid a half shekel, I believe it is, of silver for, for, for you know, the, the temple tax. How many, what, what, for 30 pieces of what did Judas pay for Jesus? You know, we can go on and on. So, I mean, the picture of it is, is throughout the Word of God. And he's calling here at least the redeemed for us. He said, but anyway, he said, that thou mayest use them for, look at this now, one, the calling of the assembly, and for two, the journeying of the camps. He's calling the nation of Israel back to, to, to the nation, although they have started migrating there, but there's going to be a final call there. That, that promise that he's going to bring them back from the four corners of the earth has not yet been fulfilled. For the first time since the Diaspora of 70 uh, A.D., there, there is more Jews in the nation of Israel than there is any place else in the world. That, listen, that's significant. Don't let it go under your radar and say, big deal. That is a big deal. So I like that. Now back over to Leviticus, Leviticus 20, 23. And listen to what he says, if I can turn right in this Bible. He goes down now and he follows up with the Feast of, uh, of Atonement. Now, 10 days later, what's the number 10 in the Bible? What's it represent? and depict. What's the message of the number 10? Number 10 is the second most often used number of the Bible. Roy? No, it's good. I like that. How many fingers do I have? What's the first thing y'all do when you look at your babies in, in the hospital? Look at what? Their fingers and toes. Why? To see if they're complete. You got it. Okay, you got it. I'm sorry? I still didn't hear Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, to, to make it... Yeah, Mark, you're going to get smart and just say it theological like it's supposed to be said make me look bad, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you're right, Mark. Thank you for that. I'd actually forgot about it, but it is divine completion. That, that's what it is. How many, how many commandments were there? What's number 11 represent while we're this close? Confusion. Number nine, incompletion. So, I mean, the, the Word of God is just, man, it's just, it's just beautiful. He said, and also on the 10th day of the seventh month. So this month has three feasts in it. It has the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and then the Feast of the Tabernacles, when God dwells among His people. It's a wonderful time. This is beautiful. Now look, it doesn't say six days. It doesn't say 11 days. It says 10 days. Now stay with me in this. I, I, I just think the Lord has given me something, and uh, I want to share it with you. Go with me really quick. I mentioned these last week in the book of the Revelation, chapter 3, and then we'll back up and get one out of chapter 2. Chapter 3 of the book of the Revelation. We're going to look at just a verse that uh, we have recorded here that John wrote as he was receiving the dictation of Jesus on the Isle of Patmos to one of the seven churches. It happens to be Philadelphia, the best church, the church of brotherly love, a special church. I believe this, if you look back at the church phase, the period of time that the Philadelphia church and its characteristics, 
The Philadelphia church I'm talking about in Asia Minor that had these characteristics about them the day that John was writing that depict a phase of one of the seven phases that the church would go through through the church age from Pentecost to rapture. Those characteristics of that church in that day literally picture and depict the day and the hour typically that the church went through during a period of time. And if I remember correctly, and everybody listen, me say, if I remember correctly in my former study years ago, and it's a good study if you want to see what, what area those churches go in and why for in. Why, what's the word Pergamus or Pergamus mean? Anybody? Married. What did Constant, Constantine do with the church in 300 A.D.? He married paganism with Christianity. Are y'all with me? There's tons of stuff in this book. But anyway, I believe, if I remember right, that's when the King James Bible came into existence during the period of time when that Philadelphia church age or phase of the church age was in existence. And no wonder he said, I, I set before you, listen to this, an open door that no man can close. And he said, because, listen, because thou hast kept the word of my faith, here it is, look at verse 10, because thou hast kept the word, I'm happy, I'm not about to get happy. I'm already happy. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee, what's the next word? From, ek, out of it. Not through it, but out of it. You see, you read on the internet, and there are some people that think the church is going through half of the uh, tribulation or all of the tribulation. Man, I'll tell you what, like David Cook says, and I hear the toot, I'm going to scoot. It's just that simple. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't care to read about it, preach about it, teach about it, study about it, talk about it, but I don't want to experience it. He said, from the hour, that hour has to do with the span of time. He's not talking about a literal 60-minute uh, period of time, which shall come, which shall come upon all the earth to, to, tr to try them that dwell upon the earth. It's pretty plain. Everybody get that? Now go with me quickly. Keep your finger here at Revelation because we're coming back to chapter 2. Turn to the book of Daniel chapter 9. The book of Daniel chapter 9. Now while you're turning there, I'm going to talk to you a little bit. If that's okay, say amen. I have made reference to this time and time again in the book of, uh, in the book of um, Jeremiah. I don't think I wrote a note for that, so I'm going to have to turn to see what verses is it? I believe it's 6 to 10. But the book of Jeremiah in chapter 30, verses 6 through 9, is what it is, not 10. We have what Jeremiah referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of Jacob's trouble is different, and here's what I couldn't remember last week, is different from the time of Rachel weeping for her children. That happened when Herod caused all the males of Bethlehem, two years old and under, to be slew, or to be slain. Slew or slain? Thank you. To be slain. And uh, Rachel weeping for her children because they were not. Tough time. So here we have Jacob. And if you read that, you'll, you'll find that Jacob is in the position of a woman giving birth with his hands on his knees. In great travail. The time of Jacob's trouble. You say, why? Because it's the time dealing with the ten tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel. God's chosen. Are you all with me? 
And here is what it is. It's just a synonymous term with it. We find it in Daniel chapter chapter 9, and I'm going to have to read a few verses, three verses, 25, 6, and 7. Look here in verse 25. This is one of the most famous passages of Scripture. There is in the Word of God. It seems really confusing, confounding, but trust me, it is not. Once you stop, break it down. I taught it. I hope some of y'all remember me teaching it down side the road. Miss Meek said, I've always wondered what that meant. She said, I know now. That, that compliments don't get any better than that. You hear me? When that saint of God come to a young old pastor made out of clay, and she said, I always wondered. She said, now I got it. Now God said, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, and that is the command that Artaxerxes give to rebuild the wall in the days of Nehemiah, not the temple. Everybody heard me say, not the temple. The walls, to rebuild the walls is the key to this. Uh, and to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince shall be seven seven weeks, and threescore, and two weeks. I don't have time to break that down, but when you total it all, it's going to be 490 years. And when you begin to go back, listen, from the time Artaxerxes gave the command, then go back to rebuild to when Messiah rode in on the Palm Sunday on the back of that mule, you'll find it'll match 490 years to the day. I got my other hand tied up or I'd be shaking it. Now this is wonderful folks. We don't have this kind of stuff in any other quote, holy book unquote of the other religions of the world. And he said the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. The week after that he rode in on the back of a mule and they cried, Hosanna. They cried crucified. Now let me tell y'all something I believe. Y'all can agree with me or not. If you want to be wrong, you can disagree. But uh, I believe with all of my heart there were two different crowds crying two different things. I believe the week that he came on the back of the mule, you have the crowd from Galilee saying Hosanna. The next week following, they cried crucify him. I believe he had the crowd from Jerusalem, from Judea, crying crucified. I believe that with all my heart. I've studied it out. Studied that, I'm, I'm as content with that as anything I know. Cut off meaning to die, but not for himself. Who did he die for? Say me. Me too. And the people of the prince, which has to do with Rome, the prince meaning the Antichrist, shall come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. That happened in 70 A.D. when the uh, diaspora for the Israelites took place. And the end thereof shall be with the flood, and under the end of the war desolations are determined. Jesus said, your house is left unto you desolate. And you shall not, and I won't get this right, you shall no longer see the day of the Lord until ye, and I forget what it is, but what it is is in Zechariah 12, when they began to cry and call on God to save them and see his nail prints in his hands and they'll weep and repent as if they were weeping for the firstborn son. Look at verse 27. And he, speaking to the prince, speaking to the Antichrist that is yet to come, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Not seven days, but seven years. And I can prove to you a week here is a typical of, of a day of a year. All right? 
And I, I've proved that to you before. In the midst of the week, meaning after three and a half years, when Daniel's 70th week of prophecy, when the time of Jacob's trouble comes, when, when the tribulation begins, it begins here with the Antichrist making a covenant with the nation of Israel. Only after three and a half years or 1,260 days breaking it or 42 months, all the same period of time. And breaking it, chapter 12, chapter 13 of the book of the Revelation. If this is too much for you, watch Facebook again, download sermon audio and listen. Text me, write questions or whatever. And he says, and he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. People wonder if there'll be sacrifice restored in the tribulation. Yes, in the millennial, yes, without a doubt. And the oblation to cease for the overspreading of abomination shall make it desolate. Remember Jesus said, when you, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in places that it ought not, know you, you know, know you that the, the end is nigh. Remember that? This is the abomination of desolation. When Antiochus Epiphanes in that day, in, in the days into testamental period between Malachi and Matthew, when Antiochus Epiphanes came into Jerusalem, overtook it, entered the temple, set up a statue of Zeus, killed a pig, boiled it, and offered, offered swine meat on the altar and caused the priests themselves to drink the swine juice. That's when the Antichrist, the picture of the Antichrist, in the middle of the tribulation, after, after Satan was cast out of heaven, in, Hebrew, or in Revelation chapter 13, 12, not 13, but 12, when he cast himself down, according to the book of 2 Thessalonians 2, he's going to go in the temple and show himself that he is God. He's going to walk in there in the holiest of holies and declare himself to be God. That's what got kicked him out of heaven. That's what's going to get him put in, in the lake of fire for eternity. I say glory to God to that. Y'all with me? I know it's a lot. Look, it, it, you're, you're not drowning. You're not drowning. He said, even until the consummation, meaning the end, of that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Whew, that's a mouthful, is it not? So he's talking about the same period of time. Now look at this. Look at this. I got a time's press and I told you I'm going to end on this. Back to Revelation 2. I've already given you verse 3 of chapter 10 and I, I have to do this quick in, in, in chapter 2. The rapture does not begin the tribulation. Everybody heard me say this? Say amen. The making of the peace covenant with Israel, the Antichrist makes that that begins the tribulation. I believe the rapture has to happen before the tribulation, and I believe it will happen before the first war of Gog and Magog begins. Now, the more I look and think and listen, I'm telling you this war of annihilation that could be being fought by Israel presently, let me remind you, that's going to take care of all of their neighboring enemies that will open the path up for Russia-led coalition of Muslim nations. It's going to open up the way to bring them right down. Now, the kicker of this Gog-Magog war, there has to be seven years, seven years for them to burn the instruments of war. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. Why do we assume they're going to be wood? I haven't forever... But I haven't for quite some time now. But I couldn't get an answer on it until this week's study. Do you all know that a lot of the munitions used, listen now, by Russia 
And it's going to be a Russian-led coalition. And by the USA, are made out of uranium. It's called depleted uranium. Can't be used in making, if I understand things right now, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. It can't be used anymore in making nuclear power, but it can still be burned. Are y'all getting this idea? Now, why we ever, or why I thought that it had to be wood, and it still may be, but I'm doubting it very seriously, because the instruments of war are going to be changed into plowshares and pruning hooks. And you said, when a way preacher, according to Joel, I've been studying, they're going to be turned back into that. That's going to be for the battle of Armageddon, not, not for the battle of Gog and Magog. Okay? It's going to be, we've we got to rightly divide this book. We've got to rightly divide this book. But listen to what he says here in verse 2. Now, I know this is Samaria. This is what the second letter that was written to a church that has no condemnation to it. A little-known church, it wasn't rich like Laodicea. But listen to what he said. He said, Fear none of those things which shall, uh, thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall, be ca- shall cast some of you in prison that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Now, see, I can make a great case for a day being a year. In fact, in my paper that I gave you on the, you know, the reason for the ten days of all, I made that case briefly. That ought to be turned into an in-depth paper, actually. Maybe one of these, excuse me days, I'll do that. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. A crown of life. Now, here's what I believe. Go with me really quick. One more, and I've got to quit. One more, and I've got to quit. The book of, the book of uh, Fiddlesticks, Psalm. I believe it's 69. I hope that it is. 69 and 25. There it is. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. Reading that in the Old Testament, would you think that that would have any New Testament connotation, maybe related to a man with the name of Judas Iscariot? You know what? A lot of times, we'll read truths in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. We'll think, well, that doesn't mean anything. That's just part of the verse. You know what I'm saying? But God knows the significance of it. Hey, listen, I don't know the timeline exactly, but I know the rapture is what I believe. The rapture is going to happen. Those 10 days of all, those 10 days must be figured out prophetically. And if we have the rapture, all right, at the Feast of the Trumpets, which begins those seven-day period till we get to the Day of Atonement, when the nation of Israel repents, when they face God face-to-face, so to speak, and repent when the fountains open in the house of Jerusalem again, it'll flow to the former sea and the hinder sea. Israel will be born as a nation in one day. The Word of God will be fulfilled. Okay? That'll have to be at the end of the tribulation. But in that period of three years, the war of annihilation could be complete. This war might go on after the church goes if we go in the fall. And if it does, it'll open the way for the first Gog Magog battle to happen. And if it even happens at the beginning of the tribulation, that's all the seven years we need to fulfill the burning of those weapons of chapter 39. Is that it, preacher? I can't tell you the timeline. I'm just telling you what I believe God's shown me. And I can give you just, I can give you a theory like other men can. And I have. So anyway, I feel better this week. 
I may listen now next week and say, it was better the week before. Come on, Jeff Bishop. 